and welcome to the Edition Podcast. I'm your host, Charlotte Henry. And normally I'm like happy to welcome my guests, say hi, thank you so much for joining me. But frankly, this week, it's the this the, my guest's fault. He talked himself into it. Hello, Tom Merritt. Hello, Charlotte. I, uh, I I realize that it's the law that I'm here uh, after what I published this week, you, and I'm willing to accept the consequences. Yeah, yeah, quite so. Listen, if you publish a <laughs> newsletter titled 2024 will change streaming TV forever, you have a minimum of five minutes before I reply to that email <laughs> booking you into the show. I don't so, think it was five even. Yeah, you were on it. <laughs> I mean, it's, you bring these things on yourself, my friend. Um, but I'm very, very pleased to have you back. How's it all going? Daily Tech News Show? All sorts of stuff keeping you busy? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Cord Killers, uh, where I where I cover all of the the cord cutting stuff, which led mm-hmm. uh, to that column. And Daily Tech News Show touches on that as well. And uh, Daily Tech News Show steaming along in its 10th year now. What? Wait, what? Yeah, we turned nine on January 2nd. So we're we're entering our 10th year. Okay, I'm really quite freaked by that because I still I know, remember. Because <laughs> I still remember when you were on Twitter and like, now I'm freaked yeah. out. That seems like a couple of years ago, right? Okay, I'm going to take a deep breath. And while I do that, why don't you explain uh, the little, the kind of the premise of your column? Uh, go on. So that was 2024 will change streaming TV forever. It was on the back of Disney results. There's a whole load of stuff. Yeah, so uh, the Disney earnings report uh, was what kicked off my thought process on this, and the earnings report itself wasn't bad. Uh, They did lose subscribers overall, but that's pretty easily explained by them losing Indian Premier League cricket because – Almost all the lost subscribers were in India and Southeast Asia, where IPL is super popular. Yeah, uh, they actually we gained need... subscribers elsewhere. Yeah, we should really emphasize quite how big a deal the IPL is. I mean, it's a big deal here in the UK, but in India and Southeast Asia, it's an enormous deal. And so, if you can imagine, in a where people sign up to Disney Plus specifically because it has that and it's showing that, if that goes maybe they're not much to keep people on Disney plus there. So there were a couple of other things in the Disney uh, earnings report that caught my eye. One was reorganizing into three divisions and the three divisions, interestingly enough, parks and experiences and products. That makes sense. All the non entertainment industry stuff, right? The Disneyland's, the merchandise, all of that Uh, Disney entertainment, which makes sense. You'd think, Oh, well, isn't that pretty much everything they do? No, the third one was ESPN. Right. Let's break all this down because there's two bits that are really interesting about this. That Disney Entertainment basically unravels a unit that Bob Chapek, who was the Bob before this Bob, who was the Bob before that Bob. Yeah. Right. Um, all the Bobs. So Bob Chapek uh, kind of created a different unit that had to sign off basically everything. Bob Iger, when he returned for his second stint uh, un- has now undone that because I wrote in a newsletter that he wasn't going to do anything dramatic. Um, and, <laughs> and he saw that and was yeah, like, I'll show you, Charlotte. Yeah, come on. And then uh, has put three senior executives in charge of basically everything, ba- and particularly everything to do with entertainment. One of those is the chair of ESPN. So ESPN has got some more prominence as well. Um there's a lot going on in that reorganization, isn't there? There is. Uh, and a lot of people might jump to the conclusion that moving ESPN into its own division mm. might be preparatory to selling it. And as much as Iger is denying it, it's certainly just 
mechanically would make it easier to sell it down the road. I can't imagine that's not maybe a tertiary, uh, you know, consideration of like, well, if worse, worse came to worse, then then at least it would be easy to divest. But I really don't get the idea that that's the aim here. No. It seems like they want to create a sports division that is separate from the needs of entertainment uh, and separating ESPN lets them do that. Yeah, and also they want uh, Jimmy Pitaro, who's the chair of ESPN, right at the top table of Disney. Yeah. Um, now, so it's him, Dana Walden, Alan, Alan Bergman. They now have oversight over content, the distribution, ad sales, technology. They're really signing off all the big stuff to do with entertainment. Um, and that, that's really important. I agree with you that I don't think ESPN, there's a plan to sell off ESPN. John Skipper made the point a while ago on the, the Town podcast with Matt Baloney that it would make selling uh, Disney, make it much more vulnerable to takeover bids, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't see that. You know, Bob Iger was pretty emphatic about it on the call. He said ESPN is a differentiator for the company. Uh, went on to say we just have to figure out how to monetize it. Um, yeah, that seems like kind of a big thing to do. Um, yeah, I, I, and, and sports monetization is fraught right now because it's still moving from linear to streaming. All the rights are going hither and thither, uh, yeah. and and so I get where you would want to wall that off and let them make their best decisions without having to think about other parts of Disney Entertainment that are starting to settle down a little more. To me, the big picture thing that this really uh, kind of showed to me this restructure is how. Bob Iger is once again putting the entertainment pros right at the center of Disney. He's the one yeah. that he, they're the ones he wants to listen to. That's what he cares about. That's what he thinks Disney is about. They're the p- important people. Now, none of that is why uh, 2024 is going to be a big deal for streaming. Uh, the other thing he said was related to Hulu and ah, yes. uh, to sort of do the brief catch up here. Uh, when Disney bought most of Fox, it got Fox's stake in Hulu, which gave Disney a majority stake in Hulu. It's because, about two thirds, isn't it? Yeah, each each. Well, AT and T had a had a little chunk as well um, through through acquiring Time Warner. Uh, but yeah, essentially, Disney had a third, Fox had a third, and Comcast had a third. Uh, Disney got Fox's third, so they had the majority, but they have to figure out what to do with Comcast's third. Comcast still owns a third of Hulu, and in the agreement that was made, and and I won't try to go into all the details about how this agreement was made because it was made both at the founding of Hulu and with the acquisition of Fox uh, and with another agreement that followed after the acquisition of Fox. But essentially what happens is in January 2024, Either Comcast or Disney can force a sale, and there are terms about how much money will transact at that point. Uh, so Comcast can say, yeah, no, we want to sell it. Here you go. Or Disney can say, nope, you got to sell it. The agreement says, give us the money. Uh but they've both kind of been cagey. In fact, Comcast even saying that they might be interested in buying out Disney's rest of uh, of the yeah. amount. Uh on the earnings call, Iger said, everything is on the table right now, so I'm not going to speculate whether we are a buyer or a seller of Hulu, uh, uh, which I think means that 
they are negotiating <laughs> still, uh, but that it becomes more popular that Hulu could move to Comcast. I don't think it will, but the next thing Iger said, I think, is the definitive thing. I've suggested that I'm concerned about undifferentiated general entertainment, yeah. particularly in the competitive landscape we are operating in. So my supposition here is Iger saying, you've got until 2024 to figure out what we're going to do with Hulu. Yeah. Is it an adult Disney plus? Is it just FX online? Uh, you know, what does it mean? Where does it fit in our strategy? Because if it doesn't, maybe we should sell it off to Comcast. Yeah, there's a couple of interesting things here, isn't there? There's this talk of, you know, what he was saying about kind of general entertainment. Um, I read into it, and he really put an emphasis on family-focused content. So we had the three film announcements, didn't we? Uh, which was another Toy Story. I thought Toy Story had finished forever, but no, we need another Toy Story. Another Frozen. Um, and another Zootopia. Mm-hmm. So that's him talking about the family focused stuff uh i can see i wrote this in my newsletter i can see why you don't want pam and tommy appearing when your child just wants to watch frozen for the eight millionth time but it seems that i the thing i always thought was great about disney plus was it was the place where your family could get loads of content for across the family mm-hmm. so the National Geographic stuff, the Star Wars stuff, you know, all the stuff we've discussed before. And I think this leads to your point somewhat about the kind of, as Brian Morrissey, I think, would call it, uh, the kind of rebundling that you suggest might happen from kind of April 2024, maybe Q2 2024, where actually, yes, you might have this change in Hulu, but also loads of other of the smaller platforms might decide they're better placed with a bigger, a bigger friend to look after them. Yeah, so uh, when AT&T sold off Time Warner to Discovery or or merged Discovery into Time Warner, creating uh, Warner Brothers Discovery, uh, one of the agreements around that merger was that no one would be able to negotiate to buy that new entity until April 2024. So my contention here is that you've got two big dates. January 2024 is when we figure out what's going to happen to Hulu. April 2024 is when we figure out who might want to acquire Warner Brothers Discovery. Uh, and Comcast is another one that might want to dis- to acquire it. But of course, if they were to buy Hulu from Disney, that would change whether they need Warner Brothers Discovery, I suppose. Uh, but it feels to me, and, and I've talked to a couple of people in the industry who agree that everybody's holding their breath and the starting gun goes off in January. Uh, when Comcast and Disney decide what to do. Now, it is possible that neither Comcast nor Disney do anything in January. Uh, they they might both just, you know, start a staring contest. So it doesn't have to happen in January. But January is when it can. That's when, you know, they can't force each other to do anything until then. So that starts the, the clock. What happens to Hulu then causes a bunch of other people to decide what they're going to do with their strategies. April, of course, is when we can start to see who's interested in possibly acquiring Warner Brothers. And while there's no agreements preventing other acquisitions, a lot of people are waiting to see what happens with those two situations before they start going after Paramount Plus or or possibly even Fox or, or parts of Fox, which is a little smaller than it used to be. And it's worth a side note here. I didn't put it in the column, but Fox 
Fox and News Corp were talking about merging back up and then stopped. So that seems to be waiting as well to be like, let's just see what's going to happen in 2024 first. Yeah, I mean, the whole Fox News Corp merger thing was very interesting. We understood that Rebecca Brooks was going to be the get the top job in that merged company. As you say, that merger's now gone off again. That That's always an interesting kind of amalgamation to watch and which regulator though that freaks out and whoever yeah, else. Yeah. And what are the Murdochs going to actually do, which is yeah, always yeah. interesting in and of itself, yeah. Just a few weeks till succession, season four. Season four. Ah, yeah, a totally <laughs> unrelated note, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. <laughs> Just before I forget. Um, I mean, you posit that at the end of your column, what's the best guess for what happens to Hulu, ESPN, HBO Max, and Discovery Plus? I'm going to push you to answer your own question. Uh, yeah. So my best guess is that Disney figures out what to do with Hulu. I'm 50-50 on that, though. I wouldn't be shocked if they ended up uh, selling it. But I, I think the pressures are going to be for them to figure it out. And I don't know what that's going to end up meaning. Uh, but I think Disney keeps Hulu freeing Comcast to go after HBO Max, a.k.a. Uh, Warner Brothers Discovery. Uh, and then uh, it becomes a question of who snaps up Paramount Plus uh, because or Paramount. And again, and then getting Paramount Plus. Uh, and when you're looking at that, the other players start to enter the chat. Uh, you're talking about Amazon. You're talking about Apple. You're talking about Google. Uh, with YouTube and YouTube TV. Uh, yeah. And eh, I I don't have a gut feeling who would be best positioned to grab Paramount in that situation. But what I'm hearing from you and what lots of people agree with who watch this stuff as closely as we do is that these things are not all going to stay by themselves. There's no... no. Like, Paramount Plus cannot survive on its own. Discovery Plus cannot survive on its own. Already in the UK, I'm seeing bundles of this including this stuff so sky uh is including paramount plus in its tv package in its you know standard tv packages uh bt recently provided uh discovery plus to its sports customers so this stuff is getting bundled in kind of you know that the future kind of looks like the past everything's suddenly consolidating back again and yeah. i'm getting from you that you think that's gonna continue yeah, everybody was complaining about too many services, yeah. uh, and I, I was out there saying, "Hang in there, because not all of these can survive." We we were in the phase of everybody sees that it's a viable model, and now everybody's trying it. Uh, not all of them will succeed, and then we'll see consolidation, and that's that's essentially what we're looking at. Is yeah. In 2024, the pieces are ready for the consolidation to begin, and then we'll see who buys whom. And I do think there is a place for Discovery Plus, maybe even Paramount Plus, as add-ons, as sort of a, a model that could form where you have a platform say Amazon Prime, uh, and then you can add on uh, services uh, that then, you know, would be smaller bits. Uh, In fact, it looks like Warner Brothers Discovery has decided not to merge Discovery Plus into HBO Max for just that reason. Mm -hmm. They're going to put 
Discovery content on HBO Max, but they're going to leave Discovery Plus as a standalone because it's valuable as a cheap add-on that they can put out in other areas beyond just HBO Max. Whereas if they put everything in HBO Max, then it's an all-or-nothing situation. So I think you're going to get to a point where we don't have the one bundle like we had with cable. You'll have (laughs) multiple bundles to choose from. Uh, and there will be services like Apple TV Plus that will only be available outside of those bundles. But Apple's also going to be try- trying to be a bundle provider. They're going to want to let you add Discovery Plus. They're going to want to let you add things. YouTube is going to want to let you add things. So I feel like the tech companies are best positioned to become the platforms, and these media companies are going to be the channel providers that you can add to your service. Yeah, I mean, as I say, it really does feel a bit back to the future, doesn't it? Um but I still think those big tech companies, at least in the case of Apple and Amazon, are going to create keep creating content. They're obviously deeply yes. invested in that now and care about it. Um, that'll be that'll be the thing they want to, want to use to bring you to their platform, right? For sure. And particularly in the case of Amazon Prime Video, with the channels facility it already has, mm-hmm. like there really isn't a reason why you couldn't have a Paramount Plus Amazon Prime Video channel. You can already subscribe to Paramount Plus. Uh, within the Apple TV app, um, so long as you don't want to use a special discount code that's available elsewhere, because it won't let you do that. Mm-hmm. I tried. Um, <laughs> so you can really—I I do agree with you. You can really see the ways in which those kind of products are going to build in other services, and yeah, people there'll be a bit of toing and froing with who ultimately owns the services, which to most consumers isn't important, so long as it has the stuff on there that they want. Um, so yeah, I, I think it is going to be interesting going forward. I think that it, it just seems inevitable there's going to be a bit of consolidation, doesn't there? Because and in twelve months' time, which is the kind of time frame you're talking about, we're going to know a lot more about who's going to sink and who's going to swim. You know. Yeah, that's true too, right? We we may see some of these smaller services uh, drop off. Uh, although we haven't had many launched, if any, uh, depending on how you count, no new services, no significant new streaming services have launched in the past year. Uh, so it's it's interesting to see w- what stays around. Like Discovery Plus, that's an example where originally Warner wanted to merge it into HBO Max, but now they've decided to, to leave it out for now. Are there other services like Shudder, BritBox, Acorn, you know, that are, are they still around or, or do they get merged into to something else or, or just close down in the, in the smaller cases? I'm not ex- expecting BritBox to, to close down, but some of them might. Yep. Uh, uh, yeah, BritBox is a whole different thing because of the involvement of ITV and the BBC mm-hmm. over here. And yeah, I think... Yeah, I definitely think there's going to be some consolidation. I want to just pull you back a bit on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, not so long ago, Disney, the boss of Disney advertising, Rita Farrow, told Digiday that from April this year, so a couple of months, uh, they're going to improve some of the ad targeting. Obviously, they're trying to expand the advertising tier. But actually, the hint uh, in the interview from Farrow was that they're going to use those of the ability in Hulu of the ad targeting technology in Hulu to better improve Disney ad targeting basically for advertisers. Mm-hmm. So it seems more unlikely to me that if that's really the premise that Disney wants to spin off Hulu. I don't know that that's true myself. I I look at that and I say, uh, oh, Hulu, which has been around a lot longer, has better tech. Why not put it in Disney Plus? Correct. But surely they want to keep Hulu 
in-house for as long as possible to really build that in. They're not going to take the technology and then try and sell it to someone, surely. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it could if they like the tech that much, why would they lose it? Uh, although you can always carve up uh, a, a situation where you say, "Look, you, you all at, at NBC have your own ad tech already, uh, so we'll sell you everything about Hulu except it's ad tech." It's not impossible if they really wanted to do it. But there's so many little things like that. Mm-hmm. No one of them is definitive. But there's so many of them that it does make me think, yeah, when you consider all of this stuff, I feel like Disney would just want to keep it. Because, again, would you sell Hulu to Comcast but not give them the FX content, which is really feeding the Hulu beast right now? It wouldn't be that valuable to Comcast not to do that. So, yeah, a lot of those little things build up. I think so. And I just feel that in all this consolidation, which I agree with you, is going to happen maybe in the next 12 months, maybe in the next 24 months as as you say, 2024 is going to be a big decider of that. It just feels to me that Disney is going to be one, wants to be one of the big players. Yeah, yes. we hear, we're now hearing stuff about kind of licensing content again. Where, whereas the original premise of Disney Plus was it was the place for anything that Disney owns, and it was pretty competitively priced, and that that's what it was, right? That seems to be shifting. I wonder. This is totally just speculation. Brilliant. If uh, they are looking at the licensing deals that NBC and Warner and others have been doing and realizing there's a little more complex math. Uh, and now that we've gone through the customer acquisition phase, right, uh, we, we've we've got as many people on Disney Plus as possible. We're, we're entering the competition phase, which is you get more audience by stealing it from somebody else now. Um, if they're realizing that, having everything all on their platform uh, loses them money. They, you know, that they've just done the math and said like, you know what, every once in a while, it's probably a good idea to license something else that isn't performing as well on our platform, but might perform better on a different platform. Yep. Uh, yeah. Ultimately, that's what it all comes down to. Is that the revenue yeah. is what it all comes down to because, uh, well, as we've discussed, as you've discussed on Cord Killers, as keeps happening, uh, suddenly people are getting very twitchy about streaming services actually making some money. Yeah, we're finally getting to that point where they're like, okay, great. We 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 said spend until it uh, succeeds. Now it's time for it to succeed okay, and make some money. Yeah. Make the money. Um, yeah. And again, I think that will have a big impact in the year you're talking about. Because surely by that point, that's when the investors really want to see the money. Yeah, and I think investors know about these 2024 dates too, obviously. Sure. So they're willing to be a little patient until then. But then that's the moment where it's like, okay, no more excuses. Uh, everything's on the table. Let's 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 see this turn to profit. Uh, which you're already seeing Warner do some of the things that you have to do to turn a profit, like realizing that an unwatched show on your service still costs money because you have to pay royalties on it. And therefore, it's better to pull it off in some cases and save that money, uh, much to fans' chagrin. But it's a financial decision to say, like, well, we can we can leave these shows on HBO Max and lose money on them, or we can pull them off and not lose money on them. And it makes perfect sense to pull them off and find other places where you can make money on them, whether it's licensing it to someone else or what it looks like Warner's doing in a lot of cases, which is putting them on free ad-supported channels where the royalty situation is constructed differently. Yeah, yeah, cancelling media analysis shows on your news channel, pulling Mm -hmm. movies that people were excited for never see the light of day. 
Oh, yeah, no, it's etc. Et yeah, it's it's heartbreaking as a viewer, but when I look at the math, I'm like, oh, I get why they're doing it. Yeah, I, and I guess that is always what it comes down to. Um, we're recording this show on the Monday after the Super Bowl. I'm very tired because I stayed up <laughs> far too long watching it. You're a bit less tired, although you had a busy weekend, so you're a bit tired. But um, one of the it's obviously the halftime show is always a big highlight of it. Um, by the way, you guys really know how to put on a show over in the US. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the Super Bowl halftime show has become its own event. Well, uh, like, I'm yeah. talking about the pre-show, 15 minutes. I'm loving the kind too. of, yeah. you know, Star Spangled Banner, nice little massive flyover. You know, it's all mm -hmm. very exciting. You guys know how to do it. Um, anyway, joking aside, one of the features <laughs> is the halftime show. This year it was Rihanna. Uh, watch it back. It's pretty spectacular stuff. And this year it was sponsored by Apple Music which we both thought was kind of telling. Yeah, I think uh, it struck me when I noticed that Apple Music uh, logo down in the bottom left that this is what the biggest platforms are doing, which is trying to associate their brands with the thing. So you see YouTube TV in the States uh, all over like the World Series for baseball. Mm. Uh, because they're trying to associate sports with them. Like, don't be afraid that you'll lose your sports if you sign up for YouTube TV. And I think Apple Music is trying to do the same thing. Associate the biggest names, the biggest hits. Rihanna is a hit factory. Every song she puts out is a hit. Uh, and Apple I mean, Music wants you to think of them when you think of that. Yeah, I mean, she really chucked a lot into that very tight 14 minutes. Like 14 minutes? Yeah, <laughs> it was crazy. Um so yes, there's de there's obviously the the music element, which Apple is all has always been at the center of Apple. Like Apple genuinely cares about music; it's a cultural thing within Apple um, that music is part of the company. I think that's genuine. Um, what's shifting is that sport seems to be coming part of uh, the company because I don't think when people are watching the halftime show, they see the word after Apple; they just see Apple mm -hmm. Super Bowl. That's part of that's part of it too. That's a really good point. And, and, you know, we're seeing the MLS stuff with uh, Apple on TV Plus. Again, I don't think people care about the TV Plus. They just see uh, um, MLS, they see football, they see Apple. Uh, same with baseball, because this year we got MLB starting on, uh, it's been on Apple TV Plus again. So there's starting to be a consolidation within Apple caring about live sport in one way or the other of course they have a massive advantage that they have all these platforms to get that content out on so they've got tv plus if you look in apple music today um there is the full halftime show within apple music that you can watch there's playlists there's on the apple music youtube channel there's extra content i think i saw tiktoks of zane Lowe djing parties at the super bowl they they have this ability, don't they? Apple, because of the scale, the you know the size and scope of the company, to really get hold of an event and make really make hay from it and get a lot out of being part of these events. They do, and when we're sitting here talking about it, it makes me think like if you had shown me this bit of future in two thousand, I would have been <laughs> shocked. Like Apple is advertising the halftime show apple has major league soccer somehow right. but you know uh it, microsoft went the cloud computing uh route and uh apple has has gone uh the entertainment route mm -hmm. and i think it's I, I think it is something that apple wants to be identified with is 
if you want the best entertainment, you come to Apple. Uh, we will we will not be showing you, uh, you know, anything less than the best. Which is why they came within a hair's breadth of getting the NFL Sunday ticket yes. rights. That was a huge but, thing, and they lost that to YouTube, Google. But very Apple-y uh, saying, but we want all the rights. We want no blackouts. We want the best user experience like we got with MLS, where you sign up and you get everything. And it's and there's no confusion about like, wait, For why can't decade. I watch this game? Yeah. For a decade. And NFL just isn't ready to do that, to, to tear up their old agreements yet. So, yeah, YouTube gets it. Um and also, when you say Apple is the place where they say you can get the best entertainment, they don't care what that is. It could be the best podcast. It yeah. could be the best playlist. It could be the best, uh, you know, videos and sport TV in Apple TV+. Plus. They don't care what format the content is. It just has to be of the highest quality to be associated with Apple. And it, it's they're kind of dipping their toe into the sports, aren't they? We've mentioned MLB. We've mentioned MLS. Now, they're interesting. I'm a big fan of MLB. I love watching baseball. They're not the biggest, like MLS is not the biggest global f- football league by sure. any stretch of the imagination. No. Um, it's seen here in the UK as a bit of a retirement home for good players who want to make, get their pension. It um, certainly has served that way in many cases. You're right. Yeah. Um, you know, not met, there are not a huge number of baseball fans here in the UK. There's some, you know, and it's very Apple, gently, gently. They're not trying to show Formula One. They're not trying to show pre- Premier League football like Amazon has. They're, they tried to show the NFL, which would have been a big, really big move, but that didn't quite come off. It's a very gentle Apple way of doing business, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's saying uh, every everything we do needs to be perfect for the user if it's got the Apple brand on it. Yeah, we we'll we'll pass along uh, an app in our app store or maybe even an add-on channel on Apple TV Plus that might not fully meet our standards. Uh, we'll we'll soften the standards, but if it's from Apple, uh, it should make perfect sense. And uh, yeah, I th- I think that's one of the things I I find odd about watching a baseball game on Apple TV Plus, which you know I watched a few of them the cardinals yeah. were on there several times over, over the last year and they're so clean they don't feel, they don't feel like you're watching sports the, the graphics are so yeah. clean and the announcers well, are so tidy and it's very it's a very apple way of doing sports which i think is really weird and of course there was the big row wasn't there at the towards the end of the regular season over whether apple would get the aaron judge moment yeah, and who, which it ended up not being an issue, but people got very worked up was, about the possibility. It was a very big moment for a couple. Of, for those that don't know, Aaron Judge broke uh, a long-standing record in the in, in baseball of most hits in a season. And obviously, as it got closer and closer, people were kind of trying to work out what game it was going to be, and they realized that it was very, very possible it was going to be a Friday night that Apple had the rights to the game, and they wanted. Um, the kind of classic New York commentators to be commentating on the moment. Apple was like, uh-uh, not happening. And as you say, it didn't become an issue because he didn't get the hit that night. But Apple really put dug its feet in. Yeah. And uh, and whereas YouTube had the rights uh, a couple of nights later, they loosened their restrictions. They played yeah. nice, uh, which is, you know, again, that's a, it's Android versus iOS uh, in <laughs> baseball right there. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. So any final predictions for where we're going to be? I think we can safely predict Apple is going to try and show more sports and that might mm-hmm. happen in your year of 2024. Um, what else are we going to have? I asked you the questions you posed. Have you got any kind of other final predictions for us? Uh, 
Yeah, I, I all all I've all I've been out there saying is uh your consolidation is coming. Uh you're going to be complaining after 2024 that you don't have enough choice yes. <laughs> versus too many choices. Uh it's not going to be as bad as cable was, you know, when when we joke around and say like, "Oh, we're going back to the future." Uh it kind of is, but it kind of isn't because you will have multiple platforms to choose from. I think the the real downside will be not all the content will be available from one place. Uh, so there will always be some shows that you're like, ooh, but I've been using Amazon as my platform to add everything together, so I don't get Apple stuff. Uh, there will be a little fragmentation there, but it's going. we're now getting to the point where we're going to make it easier to wrap your head around, and it'll be interesting to see how that all comes together. Yeah, we might actually come to a happy medium, might we, where yeah. we go back to that thing where you only have to subscribe to two or three things. As yeah, opposed maybe. to five, six, seven to watch what you want to watch. I think people are used to the idea of playing for a couple of things. What's changed is quite how fragmented everything is. Yeah, because we were upending a decades-long model, so right, it's, right, it right. took a couple of years to work it out. Right, right, right. And yeah, I could see why your time frame is kind of, as well as the deals, why your time frame is 2024, because that's, again, another 12 months to really see how everything plays out and mm. for those newer services to really kind of have sunk or swim and the um, deals to pass and all that yeah. all of that stuff tom it's always a pleasure please think more carefully before you write columns of the future or we'll have to have you back <laughs> where can people keep up with you that is not a dissuasion. Uh, oh, no. I, I love oh, I no. love chat with you, Charlotte. Uh, yeah, if folks uh, want to get my columns, techtom.substack.com. It's like tech time, but Tom, tech Tom. See what you uh, did there. And of course, Daily Tech News Show, dailytechnewsshow.com. And if you if you like the the entertainment focused stuff like Charlotte does, uh, Cord Killers at cordkillers.com. And you can find all the links, I believe, at tommerritt.com. So I'll make Indeed. sure all the links are there. I'm at Charlotte A. Henry on Twitter. Thank you all so, so much for the support for the newsletter and the podcast. If your friends or family have missed out on the fun we have at the edition, send them a link, theedition.substack.com, and they can subscribe and not miss out on all the fun we have. Um, and, of course, you can listen to the podcast there and wherever you normally listen to shows, iTunes, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all those places. So thank you all again for listening, and I'll see you all next week. Thank you.